Welcome to the Home Medic. You're listening to the segment on mold. Welcome back to the Home Medic, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of a moldy mm-hmm. mansion. Keep your lungs free for breathing in the Bora Bora yeah. air. Yeah, I think uh, Heidi's mansion is liable to be in Bora Bora. I think she, she probably <laughs> likes that the location. The longer he makes me wait, the better the mansion gets. That's my, <laughs> that's my philosophy. I'll wait as yeah. long as the mansion's really good. That's it's liable to be really good, and uh, chances are that she's probably going to require a moldless mansion. For sure. Let's say that you do have your Bora Bora mansion, and you show up there. You just got off your private jet, and nice. it lands on your private airport strip. Cool. And you walk in there, and you find out that you did have mold in your mansion. Uh, we're going to talk about how Dang, to remediate that's that. That's all I can say to that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say that you walk into your mansion and the uh, the living room is gorgeous, the entry is gorgeous, the roof. You got a metal roof or you got a thatch roof mm. or what have you got there in that Bora yeah, Bora mansion? Di- um, I was going to say diamond, but maybe thatch would be good enough. <laughs> yeah, she's going to have a diamond roof. <laughs> no, we'll go for the thatch. Okay, we're going we don't for the thatch roof. We want to reflect too much sun off there, then everybody will find us. So a part of that hut. thatch got blown off in a hurricane, and now there's a one square foot diameter space that allowed the Bora Bora winds and rain to turn. Should we go for the master bedroom, or yeah. would it be the... Uh, no, nah, let's just keep it somewhere else. At least I can get a decent night's sleep while I'm dealing with right. the mold. We'll, we'll make it the conservatory. Okay, the conservatory. A little bit of musty smell in there. I'm just okay. like, oh, no. Yeah, I don't know about musty smell. I'm going for all-out black walls Whoa, that's nasty. Are you sure? <laughs> She's trying to preserve her I waited her all this time for that. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Garth. You can do better than that. So the first thing we're going to do before we tear out the walls and the carpet and everything in the conservatory is we're going to identify why we had the problem. Okay, let's do it. And so we've got a thatch roof, and it's got a hole there. So um, we're going to patch that thatch roof. All right. Right. Given that it's thatch, I'm going to suggest that we probably not rely only on the thatch to keep the water out. We're probably going to want to put something underneath that that is waterproof. And it's still got to look good, though. It still has to look like the effect of the hut. Yeah. So The mansion uh, hut, I mean. Yeah, and it needs to be not biological because we don't want to have this happen again, right? I wonder if there's some sort of a synthetic hatching, thatching. I'm not sure hatching, there is. Thatching. So what a person it's could do amazing. maybe is you just go with a standard tar sheet that is used on any standard roof in pretty much anywhere. So get down the tar sheeting first. Yeah, and now you've got that level of protection against water. And I'm thinking, you know, to avoid having this happen again because there will be wind again. There will be. And next time you arrive in your private jet, you don't want to have the same thing happen <laughs> <No>. again. So <laughs> Maybe we even go with a metal roof sort of material, and then we put the thatch on top of that. Hey, that's interesting. Okay. That would actually... She the might. thatching, was, I, was going to, I was going to whine about that idea. I was going to say, come on, with all the rains, when the rainy season comes, I don't want to listen to that constant pounding of rain on the roof. But with the thatching on top of the metal sheeting, we actually might avoid the roof noise. 
And what we're doing, uh, in case this just sounds like mindless ramblings of, of uh, two people in, a, in an unfinished basement. So uh, just in case that doesn't make sense, what we're talking about is we're, we're identifying and eliminating the reason why we have mold in this particular case. Yes, we're kind of in the we're kind of in the fantasy mode, but this would apply to your home as well. So you got a roof leak, you got a plumbing leak. Maybe you're spraying the house. Maybe you've got a bad window that uh, a driven rain is causing water to get in, and that's all of the above is going to cause mold. So you need to first step one is always to eliminate the reason why there is mold in the property. So once that stuff is identified and eliminated, the source, then we can go into the actual remediation part. We can dry it out, and that's going to be fans. It could be a dehydrator. You can get those at a lot of hardware stores. You know, the fans is going to blow it around, and to some extent it's going to dry it out. But I like the dehydrators because they're actually going to suck the moisture out of the air and uh, now the air is Sahara dry, and it's going to in turn draw moisture from wherever it can, which includes the moisture that's in the room. I see. I did not know there was such a thing as a dehydrator like that. And you yeah, just can you go can, rent it at like your local rental store that rents all sorts of equipment. Yeah, you have, they have them at big box stores. There will also be some home level dehydrators that can be found just on my website. Oh, there we go. Okay. I'll provide links to those on Amazon. And you can use those, you know, obviously those aren't anywhere near as powerful as the kind that a mold remediator uses. But if you combine a number of them, just be aware that those actually do what they're supposed to do. They pull water out of the air. Yeah, as long as they don't pull it out of the Bora Bora Ocean, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) If you're in Bora Bora, you can drain that water right into the ocean. (laughs) What you don't want to do is you don't want to pull that water out of the air and then have it overflow in the pan, and then it's on the floor, and now you're causing another mold problem because you Ah, didn't. So that's how they work. Yeah. They deposit it still. So yeah, a lot of those, especially the good ones that you rent, will actually blow water out on a regular basis every 30 minutes or however long it takes for the storage to fill up. Interesting. And you want to make sure those are hooked up to some sort of a drain in your house. Oh, Uh, okay. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to be causing a different mold problem trying to fix your first mold problem. That's good to know. You also want to do what's called negative air, which basically means, let's say that your conservatory is the one that has the problem. Okay, back to that conservatory in Bora Bora. We're back in the conservatory in Bora Bora. As we're doing the remediation in there, and this doesn't have to be just a DIY thing. You know, if you decide to hire the professional, you can kind of monitor him and know if he knows what he's doing based on what I'm telling you. Which is always really, really smart. Even if you're thinking to yourself, I think I'm just going to hire somebody. If you know what they're supposed to do, you can always keep a better eye on them and make sure they are the the best. But of course... They're not on the. And if you uh, they're if, not on Garth's list, you're probably pretty safe. If you don't hire somebody who's safe. on my nice list, you you are at risk of having one of those guys be a slime ball. That's right. Stick and, with Garth's nice uh, list. Maybe he's going to have magic spray that solves cancer and mold and even makes your husband better looking. And cost you a thousand dollars and doesn't get you any you results. Dollars, yeah. By the way, and he needs to come back every month or your husband will get ugly again. <laughs> Job um, security. That's right. So one of those key factors is. What what's called negative air. And basically what that means is that if you're working in the conservatory, you've got mold spores that you are disturbing. Moving those mold spores from where they are into the air means that they're looking for a new place to go live. Mm. 
and you don't want to have them go find a new place to go live. Do they have to have a happy environment, though, to they, find a new place? They do need to have what they need, which is wet wood. Okay. So there is that argument that you might even say, I'm okay with the mold spores going throughout the rest of the house because they're not going to survive. A remediator is not going to be okay with that idea. He's going to want to contain those mold spores and capture them and keep them in that space. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. How dangerous is it to just turn on the fan and blow the area out? I don't think I want to answer that. You probably don't dare. It probably uh, yeah, depends on a lot of conditions. I huh? don't have that medical degree. Yeah, and, you know, probably, that's probably somewhere we don't want to go. Yeah, huh? not the ENT. What we are going to do is we're going to either create negative air or we're going to make sure that our mold guy does the negative air. And what that means is we're creating a, a giant garbage bag out of the room and we're bringing in the suction end of a HEPA vacuum. So a HEPA mm. vacuum could actually be something as low tech as a shop vac, mm. but it's got a HEPA filter on it. Right. You know, we're sucking air out of the room, which means that any air that is happening around that giant garbage bag is flowing into the room. I see. Air is now flowing into this room. And now that we're inside the room, we've got the mold. Air is leaving uh, the room again through the HEPA vacuum. And then the filter is going to capture any mold spores that are trying to go through this process. That's nice to know. So the HEPA vacuum will capture them. So yeah, air is not leaving through the vacuum because we got the HEPA filter and it is not leaving from the giant garbage bag because all airflow is moving into the room, not out. How do you ensure that? You do a tight little garbage bag and with the hose that goes from the vacuum on the outside, you can even tape that up so that you can make sure that there's not a lot of airflow that's happening. Oh, wow. Okay. So it is quite a process. It, yeah, it can be quite a process. So we're having that negative air happening. Then you've got the gross removal, which is the carpet and pad. And, you know, just be aware. <laughs> gross. <laughs> gross in a couple of ways. If you've got mold and mushrooms growing in that carpet, that can be the most dangerous part of the process. Mm. Because as you're disturbing that, the, the mold spores are sensing that. And now they're going to say, okay, let's survive. They're going to spit off millions of little mold spores into the air. And as you're rolling up that carpet you're breathing those millions of mold spores mm. and that you could really be damaged. I see. Okay, good to know. So you uh, you do need to probably dry that out first and just be very careful about that. Have the proper breathing protection. And of course, the proper breathing protection is listed on my website, homemedigsa.com. Yes. So yeah, part of the gross removal, carpet and pad, any sheetrock, any insulation that needs to go. I actually did an inspection where they were remodeling a room and they were removing sheetrock. Yes, and on the back side of the sheetrock, all the way around the room, the sheetrock had, uh, it was one big mold factory back Ooh. there. And it turned out the reason for that was some bonehead, when they put up the insulation, they put it up wet. Maybe it got rained on or something. Oh, really? And so they put it up and then you got this trapped water in the insulation oh, wow. and then you've just got mold that just goes hog wild right that just sounds crazy and yeah that was an ugly sort of event so then with the gross removal gone and gross in this case basically means the you know the large stuff now you can go after the small stuff and that's going to be again it's hepa treatment maybe you've got a stud or something that is moldy again using the right protective equipment you're going to vacuum that up and then you can now once... when you say vacuum if there's black mold on a two by four stud is that uh -huh. what you're talking about is that what you're yes. envisioning here 
Yeah, so you're going to get off what can come off. You have turned that 2x4 now into a dry 2x4, so you're not oh, going to have more mold okay. growing. Okay. Yeah, you get off what will come off. The rest is going to be a mold history. So do you want to clean any of it off while it is damp with any sort of like, I know that we're talking professional remediation here, uh-huh. but if a homeowner were to try to do it themselves if, with bleach on a rag or something like right. that, and they wiped it down first, would the, that be appropriate or would you dry it before you even touched yeah, it? Yeah, you want it dead. So you're going to dry it first. Then you can hit it with the chlorine. Just be aware that if that's wet, it's going to detect that it's being threatened. So again, at that point, it's going to release millions of mold spores back into the air, and then you're breathing it again. That mold has its own way of thriving and surviving, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It has learned how to survive in its world. Fantastic science lesson for you today. (laughs) (laughs) And just because I needed it, right? And there are some individuals, and there's some discussion in the mold remediation community about whether this is a good idea or not. But here in the state that we're in, it's considered a part of the process to seal that two by four after it's been cleaned as much as possible. Is this just with the off. type of wood sealer that you would use pre, a pre-stain wood sealer? Or yeah, is there it's a going special... to be just like a kills sort of a material. Really? Oh, I love that. Yeah, we need, uh, we need to have kills uh, be your... on the list too. Yeah, for sure. Get that on your site. the advantage to that is that if there is any mold remaining in there, theoretically it's sealed. Yeah, now just let's tell them what, so kills is just kind of like a primer basically. Right. but it's it's a good primer. And it covers up a lot of stuff and protects against mold and mildew. But the disadvantage is that if there's any moisture in there and you seal this stuff up with kills, you have sealed the moisture in there as well, and so the mold will regrow. Oh, so you still want to wait till it's dry. Right. That is the discussion among the mold remediation community as to whether using kills is a good idea or not. I see. And then once you have actually, you know, you've dried the things out, everything out, you've, got, you've done the gross removal, you've done the HEPA removal, you've done the kills, now you just have restoration. You know, if you've got maybe a 2x4 that's completely rotten, you replace the 2x4. If you've got carpet or sheetrock that needs to be restored, but now mm-hmm. you're just restoring the house because the mold is either dead or gone. If you did all that and make sure it was fully dry. Completely dry. <laughs> and the, the way to determine that is if you've got one of those dehydrators and you watch how often it discharges the water, Right. you will see that at first it discharges water maybe every 10, 15, 20 minutes. Mm. And then as it starts to get air or water out of the room, yes, it will slow down and go maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour. And then once it stabilizes, maybe it'll discharge maybe every hour for quite some time. You'll see that it's at the top of this curve Mm. where it's really not pulling much more water out. Just the humidity that comes into the space from Uh, wherever it comes from. That's great. Good to know that about those machines. Um, Yeah, that's another one of those. I don't know if it's called a machine, but the device. It it is a machine. Is it a machine? Okay, perfect. Okay. What remediation is not is if somebody knocks on your door and he says, you've got mold and I have a magic spray, this guy is a slime ball and I would suggest perhaps greeting him with a shotgun. (laughs) No. Whoa, don't get too drastic here, Garth. I have to keep you in line so you don't get sued, remember? Yeah, she has to work hard to keep me in line. (laughs) You might have noticed that I have an attitude about those guys. Yeah, have that in mind as you're being sold by some bonehead who tells you that he's in the mold remediation business. 
No magic sprays, folks. There are no magic sprays. Although okay. I think bleach does work to kill mold it, pretty well. It does. Uh, and there are a number of other materials. One of the things that I didn't mention that a good remediator will do is he will fog the room. That is different than a magic spray. The idea being that if you've got uh, mold growing wherever it is, fogging the room will not only kill the mold wherever it's happening, but as the mold tries to spit off a number of mold spores into the air, Mm. the fogging will kill those mold spores too. Oh, wow. Now, can you do that? Or do you have those kits? There are Something a do-it-yourselfer can do. I've got to check my website now, but there are foggers that you can get that will do that. That's interesting. And then, of course, there's the mold chemical that you put in the foggers that will cause all of the above to happen. Wonderful. And how safe is it for families to Uh, do that? You do need to be out of the room. The one that I have experienced, uh, you need to be out of the room for, I'm going to say, eight hours. So that's even less intrusive than the spider foggers or yeah, bug removers. It's, it's similar to those. With those, you know, it's just a bug bomb and you put it in the basement and you walk away. Yeah, but uh, they take about 48 hours to be able to re-inhabit the room, Yeah, right? so you just want to read the directions on whatever chemical you use. Mm, that sounds like a great idea. Okay, and that is how to do remediation on mold in your mansion, just in case you happen to have a uh, moldy conservatory in your mansion in Bora Bora. Yeah, yeah. Which I think we're just about to give Heidi. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm I'm breathless waiting for those mold remediations to be done so I can move in and stay there for a little while. Yeah. Well, you're not going to move in because you've got six other mansions (laughs) and six other locations. Well, at least move in for, you know, a reasonable amount of time. Do my world hopping to each of my mansions. If you want to gather more about mold remediation or other mold-related subjects, again, homemedicusa.com, click on mold, and there's the tools you need. There's a naughty and nice list for uh, mold professionals. What about what about hay and charmark? What is um, that? You know, I mentioned the charmark in an earlier one. Uh, it was one of those slime balls that found grandma and he was telling her that she had mold. Oh, the charmark. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at our flow sheet here and I thought we'd missed a story or two. Yeah, and in this case, yeah, like I'd mentioned, a plumber had done some plumbing in her crawl space and this bonehead had to have known that that was not mold. I mean, I think any fourth grader could tell you the difference between what looks like some wood that has been burned. Yeah, that was a good story. You'll have to go listen to another podcast since uh, I threw Garth the curved ball here at the last but second. But this bonehead, yeah, and if you actually have hay, uh, hey, yeah, there, there's two hay that. stories. Yes, we did Actually, talk about one the hay. is that I ran into a crawl space that had a little bit of hay in there. Uh-huh. Not much. You probably could have taken all the hay that was down there and put it in a one of those two-gallon bathroom garbage cans. I wonder if they put it down there just to keep somebody warm, threw an animal down there or something. <laughs> Seriously, uh, why would they throw hay in there? It was kind of strewn all over the place. It might have actually been brought in by, who knows, a bird or a raccoon oh, or something. Okay. But it wasn't in a nest. It was just kind of strewn around here and there. Right. And the hay, there was enough moisture in that crawl space that the hay was getting wet enough to mold. And so oh. the hay was causing part of a mold problem. I see. Uh, the other thing I'd have you be aware of, again, I had this happen to me personally when I was a kid. I'd go visit Grandma. She had a haystack nearby. We were climbing around the hay. That hay had been rained on, and that whole haystack was millions, if mm-hmm. not billions, of mold spores. Yeah, hay loves to mold. Yeah, so you've got, you know, maybe you and I take the kids to someplace that has a haystack, you can easily have 
you know, mm. the kids come back with, with a problem with a few hundred thousand extra mold spores in their lungs. Ooh, okay. So be aware of that. That's the hay story. In the last segment, we're going to talk about how to sample for mold. And then I've got a couple of more stories that we're going to share that we haven't already done. Again, you know, uh, like I mentioned in the first, facts tell and stories sell. I think we'd all rather listen to stories than facts. All right. I've mentioned the website, so uh, we'll just finish up. All right. Be yourself, Heidi. Yeah, I'm working on there's it. Only, there's only one you. This is Julie with your Natural Solutions Tip for the Day. Today, we are going to talk about seasonal threats and how you can take care of them naturally. Oh, so many of us suffer from that, Julie, especially in the spring and the fall. If we're gardening or we're hiking, our little secret for essential oils is lemon, lavender, and peppermint. I love lemon, lavender, and peppermint because it promotes clear breathing and healthy respiratory functions. It also has a calming and balancing effect and is very cleansing to the body systems. If you'd like to know more about lemon, lavender, or peppermint, go ahead and contact us at naturalsolutions at homemedicworld.com.